Hi, babes. I'm Lauren Smith, also known as the sorority nutritionist. I'm a weight loss coach and registered dietitian that knows exactly how to help you lose 10, 20, 30, or more pounds all while having fun. I've gained and lost 20 pounds on my own and now help hundreds of women from around the world look and feel amazing by following my proven framework. Welcome back to another episode of the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. Today, I am here with Sadie, who, by the way, she's in the UK. How freaking cool. She's a fit babe for the UK. And she's a recent graduate who struggled with weight gain throughout high school after a sports injury. Even though she was active, she struggled with portion sizes and understanding what calories she needed. To top off the struggle, she has IBS, which makes it really difficult for her to eat some vegetables, her favorite thing, as we'll talk about and lots of dairy and fatty foods. After trying different crash diets, she was inspired to write her dissertation on the ethics of advertising of diet products and investigate why she was so interested in trying products she knew didn't work. After working with Lauren, she has been able to maintain steady fat loss, even while moving to a new house, changing jobs, and encountering all sorts of stressful situations, by the way, all during a goddamn pandemic, guys. She has even started documenting her meals on Instagram to share her healthy progress with others and stay on track. Her fat loss journey is still a work in progress, but she now understands how to portion her meals, have fun treats out, and feel confident wearing a dress without Spanx. Welcome, Sadie. Hi. I am so excited to have you here, and your story is so freaking inspirational now. Before I give anything away, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about where you started out on your journey? especially with your background and what you pursued your dissertation on, and then how you got to the place you're at now. So I originally started out kind of around the one, like mid 150s. I'd lost a little bit of weight before I came to the UK doing kind of like a boot camp thing where I was being completely restricted on my calories. I was working out at like five o'clock in the morning, going super hard at the gym. Then I was only eating 1,200 calories a day, working eight hours a day on my feet in a Jamba Juice of all places, driving home 45 minutes, and then absolutely crashing at the end of the day. And when I moved to the UK, I joined a rowing club and it kind of all steadied out. I lost maybe a couple more pounds. And then during the pandemic, I definitely put them on. It was coffee and a cake nearly every day. And I wasn't really focusing on portion sizes. It was a lot of takeaways, which is something I've always loved. And I was also struggling with IBS at the same time. And I had tried these diets before where I would restrict my calories. It would just make me feel absolutely awful. And I always wondered why I wanted to do them. Like, why was I thinking 800, 1,000 calories a day was okay, even though I was told that that's what I need to be doing. I knew that I was just feeling awful doing it. I'd put it all back on. I'd then feel awful for putting it all back on. And it was an absolute cycle. So I wrote my dissertation on why we're targeted as women in particular, and kind of investigating how these advertisements focus on our low self-esteem that we already have in our bodies and our insecurities, and kind of seeing how they exploit them and how predatory this industry really is. Absolutely. And I know personally why I began my career as a dietitian was not originally, as much as I would love to say it was just truly for helping others, it was because I was struggling with my own weight. And then on my journey, very similar to you, Sadie, I mean, I realized in addition, all of the 
advertising and just all of the bullshit out there, which is honestly why I created the sorority nutritionist, because I think there's no one actually giving this information real and teaching women how to fuel their bodies for weight loss. Instead, they're promoting these products, pills, detoxes that have no science behind them, have no efficacy, and then do not freaking work and then leave you even heavier and more miserable inside of your body and teach you the total opposite of what food should really be for us. So I, I love your story for this reason. And from the moment you started your dissertation on the ethics of diet products to your journey, I mean, how did that impact your journey and, and kind of the decisions you made when it came to your weight loss and what you wanted to achieve for yourself? So I originally went in thinking like, oh, it's just the shakes and the pills. Like, I'm sure that there is like a diet plan, like a Weight Watchers plan or something that will eventually work for me because I love a beer. I love fries. <laughs> I love gin and tonics. And I was just thinking, I was like, all of these things are just they're either counted as points or they're red light, green light kind of things. And it just felt so weird for me to categorize food like that. And when I was doing this dissertation... I was actually asking what is attractive about these products. Is it celebrity endorsements? Is it before and after photos? Is it, do you know that something's wrong? And a lot of the participants who had taken either protein shakes or weight loss shakes had said, you know what, it was a celebrity. It was the before and after photos. It was a mixture of all of these things. Plus being told I will lose the weight guaranteed. But what they don't say is that you lose the weight and you have these stomach cramps, you feel groggy, then you put it back on and then you feel worse in yourself. And it was going through those interviews that I went, that is exactly how I'm feeling. And I need to find somebody who can tell me how to lose weight, but not make me feel bad about it. I feel like searching through Instagram, I found a lot of people who said, you need to intuitively eat. You need to do this, do that. You need to be eating, have the chocolate, have this. But I just went... I don't know how to intuitively eat because my version of intuitively eating is five beers. <laughs> Amen. I can't tell you how many women have said the same thing. And I mean, I'm really blunt about this. I don't believe everyone can intuitively eat. And I don't think you should try to intuitively eat unless you have a solid nutrition foundation. So I think it can sometimes do more harm than good because if I intuitively ate all the time, I would never accomplish my goals and I wouldn't feel good in my body. And I think to be able to more mindfully eat, you have to understand what works for you first before we can just, you know, take off the support system of whether it's calorie tracking, whether it's, you know, a certain kind of meal style or, you know, how, how you basically eat throughout the day. Yeah, definitely. I think kind of approaching you was the best thing I did because all of your Instagram wasn't intuitively eating. And that's really how I found you was Instagram. It was, you can't have the fun food, but let me tell you how to structure it. Let me tell you how to fit it into your calories. Let me tell you how to achieve your goals. And I think that was the biggest thing for me was I didn't know how to achieve my goals. I've done all this research. I know that I need to be in a calorie deficit, but my version of calorie deficit was not a calorie deficit. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting too, and I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on this, knowing your background in education, um, diet products, Oftentimes women I see, they go into these programs and they don't know what actually matters for weight loss, which by the way, I mean, I say it every day. If you guys are here, you probably have heard me say it. You have to eat less than what you burn. Meaning if it takes 2000 calories to maintain your weight, you have to consistently eat less than 2000 calories, create a deficit and lose weight. That is how it happens. So many of these products do not talk about that. They think this product is what's going to, they're basically promoting that product to have this magical property 
that results in weight loss, which is really not true. So how, how did you realize this? How did you get to the point to realize that these products were like a scam? I already, I had an inkling of it usually because it was usually the ones that I would kind of pursue were the ones that were saying, oh, this is like a 1200 calorie a day thing, or this is a this many calories and you need to drink these shakes and have these bars and then have this kind of meal afterwards. But a lot of the girls that I did interview, they would take these shots of powders or something like that, that were being right. sold at um, Holland and Barrett's, which is like a health food store in the UK. And they were like, oh yeah, this is supposed to speed up my metabolism. Like this is going like, to give me energy. It's like having coffee, but it's going to make me lose weight. And I just went, well, if it does, this would be on the news everywhere. This would be all over like everything. Everybody would have lost 10 pounds by now. Like, how do you know it's actually doing what it's doing? Like, why aren't you thinking about that? And I just went, wait, I do that. Like I'm giving advice to people and I'm not taking my own advice. And I think it's crazy that we always do that, but I'm always telling my friends, like, you shouldn't be putting this stuff in your body. It's going to hurt you. Like I'm a part of rowing and sometimes we want to make a certain weight class. And I'm just thinking, no guys, you shouldn't be doing that. And then I'm turning around and doing it. I'm like, I'm such a hypocrite. Like, what am I doing? That's so hard. And I think we've all found ourselves there. I mean, on my journey, I felt the same way too. Like I was studying nutrition in school, but I was not practicing what I preached at all back in the day. And I think that's when like you have a really unique opportunity to either, you know, buck up and make it happen and and you really start to practice what you preach so you can get the results that you want, or you can continue to kind of go into the gimmicks and go into the exact stuff that you're not really promoting and, you know, still feel quote unquote miserable in your body, to be quite honest. But it's really hard to make that change. How did you make that change when you realized all of the things that you were preaching with your dissertation and all these different aspects of your journey and you realized you were going about it wrong. What kind of next steps could you give the listeners if they're in a similar place to actually break free from these horrible cycles of maybe restricting calories or not eating balance and, you know, giving into these diet products? Like how can they break past this like you did? I think the first thing I did, which I think a lot of people really just should do in general was I cleaned out my Instagram of anything that could be a part of that. And instead I replaced it with people like you and like people who would just share healthy meals really. So I was kind of getting a lot of meal inspiration of these different kind of bowls that weren't necessary salads and kind of like chicken and veg or beef and veg that were prepared like Mexican style, Thai food, things like that. But they were healthy. They were like whole food ingredients. And kind of starting my journey there, I felt a little bit better. I was starting to feel a little bit more energetic. But of course, I just didn't know my portions. I didn't really know what was triggering my IBS. I didn't know what was kind of like making me put on weight. I didn't know what was helping some days and not helping the other days. And I think that's why reaching out to a nutritionist is the best thing I think I've ever done for myself. It is the one self-care thing I think I've done perfectly. And I think it is just kind of inside and out. I feel so much more confident for swapping out my Instagram feeds, cleaning out my cupboards of chocolates and candies. Instead of a candy cupboard, I now have an espresso cupboard. <laughs> I, love, I love my Nespresso too. And really, Sadie, I mean, let's be real. The only detox I would ever promote is a detox of your Instagram and a detox of your cupboard of the foods that aren't serving you. Let's be real. And that's what you did. You you detoxed your Instagram and you realized, you know, a lot of the bullshit that you were absorbing was from Instagram and it wasn't serving you on your journey. And I think 
one of the most amazing things I just gathered from what you said, it wasn't even about obsessing over calories or, you know, trying products, this and that, like you got down to the basic fundamentals of food, which is just the wholesome foods and understanding what are the types of foods you're choosing. That's one of, for you guys listening to this, that's one of the most easy things you can do to start your journey today. One meal, one snack at a time. What types of foods are you surrounding yourself with and trying to build meals off of? And, you know, if it's these, you know, special fiber crackers or it's this, you know, exotic keto coffee or a keto brand, like not to, not to, not to shit on other brands, but I mean, let's be real. Like there are so many wholesome foods in our grocery store that sometimes like we miss because they're not the sexy marketing stuff, but that's what actually is going to be really fuel us and give us energy and help us achieve our goals. No, absolutely. I think like one of my favorite things right now is just snacking on I'll either do like little bits of like salad or like a yogurt bowl with just some like oats on top. I usually use oats because oats have been really good for my tummy or like a small bowl of oatmeal and mix in a little bit of peanut butter and cacao nibs. And it tastes like cookie dough. I will hands down say that. That is my favorite breakfast. But it has been like clearing out my cupboards has genuinely not only helped with my stomach issues, but it's also like helped with the fat loss. It's helped me feel a little bit more energetic, a bit more confident in myself. I don't feel as bloated all the time, even if I'm going out and eating a pizza. You know, I have a pizza place around the corner. Dangerous, especially with the eat out 50% off Monday through Wednesday thing in the government. It is dangerous. But instead, I've like realized if I get the one with loaded with veggies, it's just one slice of pizza, fit it into my calories, and I'm still losing weight. Amazing. And let's talk about the weight loss because you're being humble AF. Sadie was a rock star. Before our program even ended, she crushed her goals, hit the 10 pounds down club. And more than that, she actually stopped calorie tracking, which I think is a really interesting thing that doesn't happen for every fit babe in my program and in their journey, because, you know, depending on, you know, how you're doing, how your diet is, how you're feeling, there's so many factors that go into when is a good time to actually cut back on the calorie tracking. I promote calorie tracking, but at the same time, I don't expect you to do it for the rest of your life. So I'm so curious, going back to like day one, what were your fears around tracking your calories? And I'm kind of curious if like they are still fears that you have. I was worried I was going to get a little bit obsessive because I do do that. I am either like one of those people who I am all in or just completely not interested. And I think I did go a bit all in. And I originally like I was thinking, oh, should I get a food scale? And I ended up getting a food scale. And that was probably the best thing I could have done for myself. I want to know why. Well, because I was eyeballing these portions going, oh, this is definitely how much it is. This is a tablespoon. This is this many grams and everything is counted in grams over here. So I was thinking, oh, I've got this much chicken when I really didn't. And I was way underestimating what I was eating. Um, And then other days I was completely overestimating what I was eating. And I think kind of having that scale and being able to now visualize how much rice I actually need in my bowl is amazing because I was definitely eating 400 calories of rice when I really could have been eating 100 calories, 200 calories of rice, and then having like big bed of spinach and cucumbers and other things underneath that I've just been loving doing. And I think being able to then take a step back from calorie tracking, I'm still able to see, okay, like this like scoop of rice that I have, that is my portion of rice. And this is the perfect size portion. And now I don't think I need to weigh it. I just need to 
visualize it and say like, okay, like, yeah, like that's a good portion size. Yeah. And knowing your fears going into this with calorie tracking, being obsessive, like even having fears around getting a food scale and that kind of being a gateway into you potentially being obsessed with it. How did you prevent essentially becoming obsessed with calorie tracking? How did you navigate that? Originally, like I was very kind of strict on myself. I was like, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to calorie track. But for extra little things, like I kind of, I know what a tablespoon of honey looks like. I'm an avid baker. I can visualize a tablespoon from anything. Amen. So it was like, you know what? I don't need to track my honey down to the gram. I don't need to obsess over, oh, is it 31 grams of oats or is it 30 grams of oats? And kind of being able to take a step back and say like, you know what? Like, as long as I know this much as this, I'm going to be fine. Like I, I will live and pretty much go on with my life. And now when I'm in a restaurant, I can see like this portion of chips is fantastic for me and my boyfriend. So I will hand over some and just keep my little portion to myself. And it's, I'm still having those chips. I'm still having the fruit. I'm still having the ice cream, the halo top ice cream, but I'm not eating the entire pint. I'm eating a portion of it instead of just all of it. And I think being able to take a step back and kind of reevaluate mentally where I'm at really, really helped. That is absolutely amazing. And I think so inspirational. I think you are such proof of how calorie tracking should be used. And I've said this before on the podcast, but Sadie, I think you're just such a great example of using calorie tracking as a tool to help you learn portion sizes. And right now, I mean, listeners out there hearing this podcast and being like, I don't know, am I being too obsessive with the calorie tracking? It's okay. I've been there. I'm sure Sadie has been there too. And it can be really difficult. And it's partially because honestly of the dieting mindset. When you are following these diets, it's so all or nothing. It's good food, bad food. It's you know feeling like you have to be perfect. But what I'm here to really show you on the Serenity Nutritionist podcast is more about being flexible and not being perfect when calorie tracking, when pursuing weight loss, when trying to eat healthy. It's not about this all or nothing perfection. It's just about consistency, honestly. And you know, these small swaps that you're able to recognize, like calorie tracking showed you, oh, wow, I'm really eating 400 calories of rice when I could really be satisfied with 100. And it's those small swaps where it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be measured to the gram of 100 calories, you know what I mean? But it's the swap and the intention of doing it that results in that weight loss, not so much the perfection of it. Yeah, definitely. And I've still been using calorie tracking as a tool. Like when I came back, I went on holiday with my boyfriend and his grandparents and I thought boyfriend like portions were bad. Oh my God. Grandma portions are like 10 times worse. I am shook. I am shook. Guys, we have boyfriend portions, fiance portions, husband portions, and now we have grandma portions. What is a grandma portion? Grandma portions are like, I absolutely adore my boyfriend's grandmother. And I did tell her, I was like, look, like I, um, I was like, oh no, I don't eat a lot. It's because of my stomach. She's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Like I'll put a small portion on your plate. I'm thinking like, yeah, this is going to be like a Sadie sized portion. This is like what I would put on my boyfriend's plate if he had just rode a 5k. Race. Oh my Lanta. I'm only imagining this plate right now. How much food was on it? Like I'm not like a normal sized dinner plate was just a lasagna cut out. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and it was coffee and a cake absolutely like every two hours. And I loved it. And she was so, so kind, so, so generous. But I definitely, I think he put on seven or eight pounds after that. I put on a happy like four or five. 
And we were hiking, paddle boarding, kayaking, but it really just does show like portion sizes are absolutely everything. Like don't need to eat absolutely everything on the plate, but grandma portions are something else. And so coming home, I was just thinking, okay, I can't get in the habit of still eating those. I need to use my food scale and just kind of visualize those portions again. And as soon as I was able to kind of have it click in my brain and go, okay, yeah, this is the portion of pasta. This is a portion of rice. Like this is what I need to fuel my body and to kind of keep that energy level up and then also supplement with the most insane amount of veg. It all clicked and I began losing again. Like it started dropping off pretty much. Absolutely. And I love, I mean, something we talk about in the Serenity Nutritionist Weight Loss is kind of having an overeating recovery plan. And I think a lot of women listening to this podcast, I'm sure you guys out there are like, oh my God, she didn't freak out after she overate. She didn't freak out after she gained four pounds. No, because if you are enjoying yourself, you're in the moment and you're in this uncontrollable situation. Sadie did the best that she could. She tried to eat intuitively and mindfully and you know, balance out those portions. But these situations are going to come up. And instead of being like, I need to restrict myself after this, you, you really reframed that, which I think is so amazing to how am I going to get back on track by eating the proper portions again? And it wasn't like you failed. I mean, girlfriend, this happens to everyone, right? And instead you just picked yourself right back up and you realized what needed to happen next for you to be more on track, continue to lose weight, continue to lose fat and feel amazing. And I think a lot of women don't do this. And you're such a great example of this. I'm obsessed. Oh, thank you. No, it was definitely like, I, I did have a little like, oh my God, Seth, I've like gained four or five pounds, but I think I'm such like a veggie person. Like I love cucumber, spinach. I like to do different things. I was like pickling my vegetables, trying to prepare them in different ways, doing like little lettuce wraps for my chicken or something. And I was just thinking like, how much veg can I possibly consume to kind of imitate those portions that she was giving me? Because now I'm like so ravenously like, ooh, like big portion. And to imitate that where I'm also keeping that calorie deficit. And it was probably a lot of bloat and just keeping up with the water, keeping up with all of the veggies and the like kind of healthier style meals definitely helped so, so, so much. I love it. And let's be real, Sadie, you are a chef. You make some of the best meals. And I totally wish that the whole world could just know all your recipes because it would help everyone lose weight, let's be honest. But when it comes to your food choices and kind of the fun you have in the kitchen, I think that's so awesome to not just eat for weight loss, but eating with fun and intention and making it a really enjoyable experience because you should enjoy your food when you're trying to lose weight. If you had some tips for the listeners on some of the foods that you really prioritize that really helped you lose your first 10 pounds, I think that could be so amazing. So what are some of those meals that you would would share with us today? My biggest, I wouldn't really call this a mistake, but I definitely did this. I accidentally ordered five kilos of rice off of Amazon. Um, You did. I totally remember us talking about that during one of our first calls. Yeah, I ordered five kilos of rice off of Amazon and I have an instant pot. So what I'd pretty much do is I'd prep all this rice And I'd put it in the freezer because I've read online. It's like best if you reheat it from putting in the freezer or something. And I'd put it into little portions in these like freezable, reusable containers because trying to reduce my plastic. And pretty much most of my meals were based around just like a portion of rice, a portion of either salmon. I love salmon or chicken thighs. And I'd prepare them either in the instant pot, slow cooked, or I'd 
bake them. We just, I usually use soy sauce because then I'm not adding in more salt and something like that. And so many vegetables, I would just throw in whatever I had, whatever was going to go out of date. I would just throw in cucumbers, spinach, use balsamic vinegar as a dressing. If I love Asian food, so I would usually do like some sort of like teriyaki marinade or something. Oh, you were like the queen of teriyaki and coaching. Like when people <laughs> post their recipes and food choices, Sadie was the queen of veggies and teriyaki. And not saying you have to eat these foods for weight loss, but I mean, the veggie really helped you out. And I think really helped you control your calorie intake every day while feeling full. Definitely. And I think one of the recent things, because of course I'm running this like little cooking page on Instagram. One of the recent things I've been doing has been things like veggie tacos or I do breakfast tacos and things like that. Where, because I'm from California, I miss Mexican food with a passion. I also make my own salsa at home in like two, three minutes, just chopping up some tomatoes because then I know this is my portion and I have a portion of salsa that I've made for myself. And if I want to have some tortilla chips, I know this is exactly what I need. I don't need anything more than that. I don't need to be eating out of the bag. I don't need to be eating out of a big pot of salsa. I've made what I need. And then it doesn't go off in the fridge. I love it. Such valuable tips for the listeners today. Now, knowing you don't track your calories anymore, I'm really curious for the listeners out there that may have seen results or they're kind of wondering in the future, like how to know when they're ready to kind of make that transition, dare I say, into more just daily eating without having an app kind of dictate that. What were some of the signs that you were like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to pull the trigger and try not calorie tracking. I think it was the biggest sign was one day I completely forgot to calorie track. Like I think I had gone out with a friend. We went to a town nearby, ended up kind of doing a little row on the river, ended up getting an ice cream. I'd eaten eggs or something as I usually do in the morning and kind of keeping that high protein, high veg thing. And at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I should probably like track my dinner. And I went, oh my God, I haven't tracked all day. And that next day I'd still kind of like, it was the day before weigh-in and I'd still lost weight. And kind of seeing that and having those few meals where I'd completely forgotten to track because it was usually like that's the first thing I was on top of was I was like, I'm going to track it as I go, kind of put everything in. And I think it just started to slip my mind and realizing that I could take that step back. I was still putting in these good portions, forgetting maybe to weigh something and thinking, oh, I think it's generally about this and still hitting those goals. I realized it was all right for me to take a step back and it was all right for me to go and enjoy that meal out with friends. And pretty much my main thing about this is veggies. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That has been like your secret sauce. And I think everyone has their quote unquote secret sauce, whether it's teriyaki sauce or it's, you know, the thing that really helps them lose weight. And while the first step of weight loss is figuring out your calorie range for weight loss and kind of where you need to hit and, you know, reverse engineering your success and, you know, what calories to hit per meal and snack, it will come to a place for all of you babes on your journey. Like it happened for Sadie is a little bit after she hit the 10 pounds down club. And you know, whether it's you just forgetting to track or you becoming maybe lazy with it because you feel like it feels monotonous to you, like those are all signs that you're not getting lazy. It's working. That's really what we're trying to aim for in addition to the weight loss where it's just this very natural transition. It's not a forced thing where you know, you're forcing yourself not to calorie track. It just feels really natural and right. And I think that's one of the best indications that you're ready to take that next step. And it can feel scary. 
I think Sadie and I, we both had a conversation about like, you don't have to go cold turkey. Depends on your personality. Some women, I think it's completely awesome to go cold turkey and just not calorie track. But what if you just track during the week and not on the weekends? That could be stage one. Then stage two would be, you know, maybe only three days during the week. And then maybe only one day during the week you track to kind of just keep yourself in line or even tracking like maybe breakfast and lunch, but not dinner. And, you know, there's so many ways that you guys can go about this, but I think a slow transition into just eating the same way, just not entering it into an app is, is really the goal here. Yeah, definitely. I think the only thing that I still kind of like fall back on and track if I feel like, oh, you know what, maybe like I'm feeling a bit bloated, I'm feeling a bit iffy is I do tend to track things like pasta, rice and bread. I've realized I can overeat so quickly on those. And completely forget my portions, like a bowl of pasta. I didn't actually realize what the designated portion size was for that. And when I measured it out, I just looked at my boyfriend and I went, well, I'm not eating pasta tonight. That's nothing. I was like, that doesn't work. Yeah, it's not worth it. You, you got pasta. Like what I grew up eating for pasta, I'm sure I would have the same reaction as you. I'd be like, oh my God, that is like 10 servings of pasta. Yeah. Oh, easily. And I was just thinking like, I can't have that for dinner. Like I want an actual meal, not this like palm sized few strands of penne pasta that I have on my dish. <laughs> so miserable. But instead what Sadie does is does like one serving of pasta, you know, the two ounces, a cup, whatever situation it is, loading that plate up with veg because I know you so well. And then having your salmon or your protein chicken, whatever situation that is there. And you know, you make that pasta fit compared to how you used to eat it, which was, this big pasta monstrosity or that grandma size lasagna portion of pasta. Well, definitely. It's like I'll do like salmon and pasta, but instead of doing like that big thing of pasta, it's a really small portion of pasta. I'm saying really small compared to like normal. What you normally have. Yeah, in the States where it's like a size of my head, but I'll have the pasta, but I'll have like salmon. I'll do a little bit of lemon and some cheese or something. And that just is perfect with a bunch of, spinach and I throw spinach in everything and broccoli if my stomach is feeling up for it <laughs> yes yeah, one of those things That's so amazing now as we wrap things up what advice would you give to other fit babes who are scared that calorie tracking is going to feel monotonous or something they'll have to do forever to maintain their weight loss long term what advice would you give to them I'd say you definitely don't have to do it forever to maintain weight loss I mean I've been going out to eat quite a bit because we have this eat out to help out thing where we're getting 50% off all of our food. So I'm definitely going to take advantage of that. But I've been able to kind of track where I need to. And when I think, you know what, like I've maybe not done as well this week, let me track my portions and see it again. But it isn't something to be scared of. I think it's actually something that if you embrace it, like I think the first week I just went, you know what, I need to invest in a food scale. I need to invest in some better quality produce and things like that. And investing in yourself and kind of investing in this process is the best thing anybody can do for themselves. It's the best thing I've ever done for myself. Because while, of course, it will preach that weight loss isn't everything and it definitely isn't everything. It has made me feel like I can take control of a situation. Like I can take control of my own journey and my own body. Whereas previously I've felt with these different products and with calorie tracking before when I was only eating 1,200 calories a day and working out like crazy and being on my feet for eight hours a day, like I just didn't feel in control. 
And now, even though I'm not calorie tracking, I can look at a slice of pizza and think, oh, this is so exciting. This is like a great, like fun food. And I don't feel horrible for eating it. I feel great because I'm still losing weight and I'm not having to think how many calories is this piece of pizza portioned well throughout the day. And I know that that's not going to throw me off track. Amazing. So you're basically saying you eat pizza, you try to make it healthy, get some veg on there, but like you still have the pizza and you lose weight. And what more could I ever ask for? That is absolutely amazing. And I think weight loss isn't everything. I always like to say to my clients and for anyone out there listening to this, that that goal weight, that goal number for you is not as much about the number. It's about what you'll feel like and look like at that number. And that number might be higher than what you expect it to be when you get to your quote unquote goal, but it's how you feel and how confident you are. And you know, the overall results that you're really working more towards, and it can impact so many layers of your life more than just how you look in clothing. Feeling more confident in clothing allows you to do your job better, you know, go to school and, you know, feel confident making friends or, you know, going on a date or, you know, whatever it could be and all stemming from that confidence piece. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think like, I don't think I ever had that confidence before losing the weight. I think it has built up. Like I know I can eat. I know that I can keep control of my portions. I know I can go out and still go out for a night with the girls and have some cocktails, but know that, you know what? Uh, gin and tonic is going to be less calories than something called a watermelon sugar, which I recently experienced. And it's absolutely Ooh, I, I may want to try one of those. That sounds really good, Sadie. It's not really good, but I know I'm like, you know what? If I have one of those, I probably shouldn't have five because those are going to throw me way off track. I'm not going to feel good the next morning. But it has been for me knowing that I can take control. And I don't think I've ever felt that before working with you, knowing that even though I'm making all these beautiful meals and really quick and easy, I'm now in control of the grocery list. I'm in control of what I'm putting in my body. I'm in control of feeling confident to go on a night out. I'm going out tonight for wine and pizza with some new girls that I've met. And I don't feel anxious about it at all. I'm just excited, really. And I think like that is big props to your method is helping me feel confident and in control of my life and in control of how my body is going to look. And how my body is going to feel after I do go out and after I do make a healthy meal. Absolutely. And I love what you said about being in control. And I think it's so amazing going back to what we started off this podcast on, which was the ethics of diet products and how you used to fall victim to the same diet products that arguably control you. If you don't use those products, you're not in control where truly with balanced nutrition and my method and most of all, just what you should be doing for your body and eating every day, you realize you're in control of this journey and your progress. And it's not at the hands of a product or a gimmick or whatever situation that you might be following right now. Like you have regained that control until you've regained your health and you've regained the control on your body and your goals essentially. Yeah, definitely. So badass. What an amazing way to end this podcast now. I have to ask because your recipes are the best, Sadie. Where can we find you on Instagram so we can catch all things Sadie chef situation? So my Instagram handle is Sadie's Kitchen Secrets. All separated with a little dot and you'll find a little photo of me on the top. But yeah, no, I've been doing absolutely everything. I think while I've been at home, while we haven't really started up work again, there's things from cauliflower tacos to salmon bowls. I made my version of Krabby Patties, I've done. What? Oh, God. For those of you who don't know, I was a 
SpongeBob enthusiast when I was younger. I literally, no joke, at one of those arcades, I had this pillow, SpongeBob, like those really big pillows or like plush, plushy things. I don't know what you'd even call it. I had one of those and it was for SpongeBob. So the fact that you made Krabby Patties, that's amazing. Oh, I know my boyfriend's obsessed with SpongeBob. So I was like, I need to do that. I've done little like egg and bacon breakfast sandwiches as a treat where it's open top with a spicy like ketchup. And it's all things that are cheap because I am living on a budget right now. (laughs) Um, So it's really like cheap fun foods that I used to lose weight. And then also some of the fun foods that I've been eating out and about with friends. I don't feel like I can't have it. And you kind of see that on my page where everything has carb, protein, and veggies. Step two, baby. I love it. Sadie, you are living proof of just being a total badass, confident boss babe. And you're crushing your goals still to this day. And that makes me feel so happy for you. This has been so amazing. Any last bits of advice or inspiration you'd leave with the listeners? I don't think any last bits, but it is a massive thank you to you. Without you, without your program, without all of the support that I got off of the group page. And of course, being in the UK, it was a lot of one-to-one conversations. I just, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like I wouldn't have been able to lose the weight, feel confident. I love it. Sadie, you are so amazing. Thank you for being on today. Oh, thank you so much. Bye guys. Looking to lose 10, 20, or 30 pounds? You are not alone. I've transformed women to become fit babes all around the world with my proven method. Apply for my group coaching program at thesororitynutritionist.com.